Hi guys, I'm here with Saskia, who's the founder of Hey Saturday and Hey Tuesday. Hey Saturday was the first dating photography agency, and more recently, Hey Tuesday is a LinkedIn headshot company. Her companies have both been featured in Time magazine, as well as numerous other outlets, and won the best commercial dating blog this year, as well as a number of other awards as well. So congratulations, Saskia. Oh, thank you. Um, I would like to Thank start- you for having me. Uh, not at all. <laughs> Um, would you mind just telling me how you came up with the idea, first of all, for Hey Saturday? Um, and what what practical steps did you take to making it a reality? Um, well, it was way back in 2012. I was working for a charity and I was kind of, I was one of the senior management team. And we were dealing with, uh, well, my role was to manage all these projects that were linked to the Olympics uh, and the legacy as well. Um, and so I was dealing with massive scale projects with just a team of seven of us. And uh, we were partnered with big corporate companies like Barclays and UBS and things like that. Um, so it was a it was a really challenging place to be because the companies had high expectations, but we were actually a charity with little resource. And we were delivering like projects with thousands and thousands of people I still look back and go how did I do that with such a small team but we all worked really really hard and it was really good fun and like we delivered the first test event for example in the copper box in the Olympic Park so that was in the April of 2012 so we were working on really exciting stuff we took like a thousand kids into the the copper box and delivered sports events with them and things like that to test out the the copper box before it went live for the Olympics so we were working on lots of projects like that we were working with the um, mayor's office and delivering all sorts of things and it was it was really high profile uh, and really really stressful but really good fun um, and we deli- we met all our targets and like worked with thousands of kids and things like that. And it was great fun. But at the end of 2012, I was absolutely knackered and <laughs> stressed out beyond belief. And also there was that whole, the whole build up to the Olympics had been like really, really exciting. And then coming out the other side for everyone who worked around the Olympics and the legacy of it, it was kind of like this, like, gosh, what now? And we were all just exhausted and uh yeah it was just a really difficult place to be in like mentally at that point um but all during that year and the years leading up to it I've been doing photography on the weekends and really loving it and even it kind of kept me sane so I had this you know this job was really stressful and um I had a lot of responsibility I was dealing with kind of multi-million pound budgets and things like that and managing a team and it was really kind of tough mm-hmm. uh but my photography I'd go out on weekends and work with meetup.com I don't know if you know meetup.com yeah, great great site yeah. so I'd work with all these photography groups and shooting models and and doing portrait shoots and realized that um well I, I kind of knew I love photography but I realized that people love my work and with with the media you know with social media and stuff I was able to share my images because uh, I didn't have any confidence or anything in what I was doing. I thought it looked all right. But I found that all the models I worked with always wanted to work with me again. Yeah. And I found I was getting great feedback on Facebook um, from friends going, oh, I'd love to book a shoot with you and things like that. So that got me thinking, oh, yeah, it kind of built up my confidence. Um, so come January 2013, post-Olympics, I was just exhausted and thought, I, d- I just don't know if I could do this anymore I don't want to do it anymore and I remember being in a one-to-one with the C- the chief exec of the charity and I basically gave my notice in on the spur of the moment I'd given it no thought whatsoever. <laughs> you I weren't just, expecting to do that no <laughs> he said something that I was just like oh I can't I can't handle this like right now my brain is not 
in this excited place at the moment and I just kind of gave my notice in there and then and um yeah it was it was was a shock for both of us but he asked me to work my three-month notice uh which at the time I was like I don't want to do it I just want to leave but it was the best thing honestly like so I had three months and I was like okay Saskia you need to get a plan together um so that three months uh allowed me to start thinking about what I was going to do and um so I realised uh, I wanted to do photography and I knew I'd need to work with people because I loved shooting people. Mm. And also if I was going to make money from it, people will buy photos of people rather than landscapes and things like that. Yeah. Um, so um, so then it was a case of, well, what sort of people, you know, how am I going to get people to part with money for stuff that I'm doing in a way that is it often enough that I can afford to live? So I was thinking through lots of kind of um options of I was trying to be commercial like how can I get people to part with money and um people kept saying to me oh are you going to do wedding photography and uh I was like oh no that's not me at all like I've never been married it's not something that's on my radar I've got a loving partner and stuff but marriage wasn't something that I'd ever aspired to um yeah and so I but that question was really good because it made me look back at my life and go okay I'm not into marriage so what what have I been into or what have I been doing with myself and I realized that my I've spent about eight years of my life online dating on and off and had finally met my partner and had two stepkids and things like that yeah. uh, so that online dating I started thinking about that and thinking about the horrendous photos that people <laughs> used when they were doing it <laughs> and I saw a lot of bad photos because we're going back to the kind of early 2000s I probably did online dating between 2001 and 2009. So I saw some pretty bad photos, um, you know, kind of um, like webcam photos. I don't yeah. know if, if you millennials are, uh, are aware of those, but people used to take <laughs> photos on their webcam. Oh, they were awful. And you'd see like a big pile of dirty washing behind them on their bed. And, you know, it was just, like, this is not the best way to present <laughs> yourself. <laughs> and they'd stare into the camera without smiling and looking like serial killers. So <laughs> it was just... Uh, yeah just all these really bad photos so I kind of started thinking to myself there's an opportunity here because I had worked um at Sky as well before the the charity job and um I've been sat in I I worked in the corporate responsibility department but we sat within the corporate comms team and uh so I saw how marketing works because I was sat there I was part of it it's the, 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 the marketing at Sky is in everything you do as an employee, how you act, what you do is all like part of their brand. So I learned a lot about brand and marketing from them. And I realized that every, especially from Sky, like the way they promote themselves is through images. And you get like a massive just image, one image, really strong, powerful with maybe three words on it. Mm. And that is their kind of marketing message. And I thought, wow, imagine if you could do that with your dating profile, where you just have like a really good, strong image to, to pull people in. And you don't even need to write that much then. Like you can just write enough to hook them in. And yeah. then you've got this powerful image and some powerful other images that they can flick through as well. And people really are definitely, I would say that people are quite interested more in your, your photos when it comes to um, online dating, I can imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the brain processes images something like 60,000 times faster than than text anyway. 
Uh, and also, and, our, and our brain is wired to love good images. Yeah. Um, and there's a stat, I think something like 90% of the decision-making process about whether someone clicks on your profile or not, 90% of that is based on your photo. So it's really not a number to be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the main thing people are looking at is your photo. Yeah. So I spotted an opportunity, really. And I kind of, I, I did some Google research to see who else would be doing this already. And there was literally no one in the world offering dating photography as a as a as a marketing uh, as a option so I so part of me thought okay why is no one doing this that's odd uh should that put me off and then I thought well no because I believe that if someone if people start using good photos they will see the click-through rate on their profile just go up massively so um I decided I would give it a go um so I launched something very very new back in 2013 and that was kind of pre-tinder I think tinder was just coming out I think tinder launched in 2014 Mm -hmm. so it was a bit of a different era really because people were actually you may find this hard to believe, but there was a stigma associated with online dating back in the day uh, where people were kind of embarrassed and a little bit ashamed to admit that they were doing it. And yeah. that was very much the case when I was online dating. I was very open about it. And I think people were always a bit surprised. It was, you know, everyone was always like, hush. Oh, yes, I've done online dating and hushed about it. Whereas yeah. I was like, yeah, I met my partner on, <laughs> on Guardian Soulmates. And a, I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever, being able to meet people online and yeah. you never normally meet. I mean, wow, I just found it fantastic. I think that's and so now, cool that you, you were so open about up. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tinder's totally broken down all those stigmas. So that's that's really good. Um but yeah, so I thought I'd give it a go. And obviously no one was Googling um, dating photography because it wasn't a thing. So that was an issue. So I had to um, kind of blog my way into making people believe it was the next big thing. <laughs> so I'd blog for Guardian Soulmates, eHarmony, Match.com, uh, you know, Zeus, all the kind of big dating apps and stuff at the time and dating sites. Um, and uh just start telling them giving them tips about what to wear and what uh if you shoot and how to stand out online and Mm -hmm. uh basically making people believe that if good photos would you know really turn their profile around and get get them kind of getting activity on it start getting people sorry so did you get your um your first sort of clients from blogging and then them seeing uh what you're what you were offering the services that you were offering yeah, so what I did to start the business, so during that three-month period, I basically went to all my friends and said, look, I'm doing this. I'm going to give you free shoots if you're happy for me to put you on my website. Oh, so okay. I did lots of free shoots at the beginning to create content for my website. Sure. And it's pretty easy to find single people who want, want to you know, have their photos taken as for free as part of an experiment so that they can see if their profiles work. So I did that. And so then my first clients actually came through word of mouth. So my friends would post their photos and and say, oh, my goodness, look what my friend Saskia has done. So I started getting clients initially. And I think I imagine a lot of businesses probably would start in a similar way. Uh, small businesses, um, you know, kind of one man band startups and things where you you start doing a little bit for free to get some content or get mm. the product, get the product and get some reviews. Um, and then word of mouth. So the very first ones came through friends of friends, you know, cousins of friends, that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of started growing. And then, they, yeah, they started coming through um, from blog, you know, blogs on Guardian Soulmates and things like that. And I think um, 
so yeah year one was pretty slow but they were definitely people coming through I think of them very fondly they're like my uh, they're like you know early adopters you know how you get the early adopters for the iPhone back in the day people who'd go and rush out and get the first iPhones and things like that yeah. they're very tech minded well I yeah there was definitely early adopters in dating photography they were doing something that was not done at all they were really nervous and like what is this crazy thing I'm doing but I just really want to give it a go um so yeah I, I've got a lot of affection for those people who put themselves out there for something that wasn't actually being done um and uh but you know that it's really helped i've heard back from some of them you know it's, one of them got married and has got twins now and things like Aww. that so <laughs> so those early adopters are doing well now yeah um <laughs> that's great so yeah so yeah the first ones came by word of mouth and then i built up and then i remember doing um a newsletter for guardian for their uh so it would have been the following february for valentine's they put me in their newsletter uh, and we ran a competition and it and then after that I was just busy from then on in pretty much um that really took off because I think they had hundreds of couple of hundred thousand on their database um and uh and yeah and so going into 2014 I decided I was going to do some paid PR because I didn't know much about PR myself at all then mm. um so I paid a company that another friend of mine in business used and um and so I planned to do it and I knew it's going to be hard because they want case studies and stories and something like dating. It's obviously quite hard because people are embarrassed. But I had a couple. And so I kind of got their stories so that I had it ready. Um, and I then and before I went live with the PR, I decided to bring on another photographer because I thought if this if I get any good PR, um, then, you know, things could potentially get really busy and I won't have the time to do the shoots myself. Yeah. Or all of them. Um, because that's the thing, if you're a photographer, there's only so much work you can do yourself because there's the editing, the shooting, and then there's all the marketing and then all the, you know, the kind of admin behind the scenes as well. So you can only do so much. So I kind of thought, I, you know, I'll never earn very much money if it's just me on my mm -hmm. own. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I had big plans for Hey Saturday. I had a whole vision. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so, yeah, I decided to... I'd, uh, get another photographer on board who I met through Meetup. Uh, so Meetup's a good, really good resource for people. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, so I got her kind of trained up and on board, and then went live with the PR. And uh, the PR company got me page thirteen on the Evening Standard in day one. And uh, I've never looked back since then. To be honest, it's oh, just wow. been really, really busy uh, because the evening standard was pretty much at my at the time then I was only in London it was totally hit my market my target market yeah and because it was on page 13 it wasn't even in the back I thought it was gonna be in the back page 13 is so near the front it's totally in the news section they yeah. marketed they sold it as a news story rather than you know one of the fluffy stories at the back so pretty much everyone in London read it that day Amazing. and uh, um yeah so Can I it ask, was, um how did you yeah. go about um choosing for example pricing that like how you would first set your prices um and who you would market it to so I know you said that the evening standard was um was really uh aiming or hitting your target market but how did you did you did you choose your target market based on who you were getting feedback from or was it that you already knew you had a target market in mind so yeah so during that three months period when I when I'd come up with the idea and knew I was going to run with it I put together a, I suppose a business plan um it was quite a simple one um, and part of that was the marketing plan, which was, you know, quite a big chunk of the business plan. And um, 
I didn't know how to do that necessarily. So, you know, I read up on how to put a marketing plan together. Uh, and one of the things they do is um, they say you need to identify exactly who your customer is, what they look like, where, how, you know, what they eat, where they're shopping, what, where they go online, uh, you know, how they sleep. You know, you just have to know exactly who they are. And that for me was quite easy. Having done online dating for on and off for eight years and having dated a lot of people, guys, um, and having been a single woman online dating myself, I knew the woman's perspective. I kind of had a good feeling for, uh, well, I knew exactly who my target market was. And that was single people who were getting pretty sick of online dating sure. and just wanted to make it work. They just wanted to meet more people. And uh, so then I was like, well, who, who are single people? And it's literally like, it could be anybody. So my target market is kind of, it is a specific type of person as in they're not they're not necessarily got families although we now you know we get divorced people so um we they may well have families um but it's people who are single and they're going to be looking in certain places they're going to be looking at uh you know eHarmony blogs and kind of big dating site blogs and things like that but it's yeah it's literally anyone who's single and they could be any age yeah. Um, our, you know, our youngest has probably been 21 and our oldest is 76. So, you know, there's Vast. really any color, any creed, you know, any religion, they're, yeah. they're, they're, we get them all. Um, so I kind of knew that. And I also knew that's quite broad because it's actually quite good to have a more, uh, a more select market. But my product was quite select. My product's very niche. Yeah. Um, so, and I was the only one doing it. So I kind of thought, well, that's okay. I will go with that. I've got a broad selection of people with a very niche product sure. that um, people, you know, people either want or they don't want. And I found in the beginning when I was, you know, when you go out and people say, oh, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I run a dating photography business. Uh, if I'd know straight away if someone had been in a relationship for a long time or if they were single because the single ones would squeal and go oh my god that sounds amazing that sounds like just what I want I can't believe it you know and go on and on about it and be like and 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 I that kind of made me think yeah I've definitely got something here yeah. and then the uh, the people who were you know married and been married for a long time would just stare blankly at me going <laughs> you do what <laughs> you do what what's, what's a dating photo-? you know so yeah. I kind of realized that people who are, are single and dating online know they get what I do straight away and they realize that they need it yeah um and that's the thing anyone who's dating online who's got a little bit of spare cash will go that's a product I need so yeah. I've got something I basically have solved a problem for people and it's the first problem they get when they go online and they've got to create a profile um, I don't know if you've done online dating at all <laughs> but um, the first thing you have to do is uh, create a profile and the most important bit is the photos and, yeah. and people don't have any nice photos of themselves um, so that they basically get before they've even got online they've hit a hit a problem yeah and they're struggling and I basically solve that problem for them the company does and did you have to adjust just just going back to the pricing did you have to adjust it at all did you start with a figure and then that was the right one for the market so with the pricing I kind of so I had no idea what to do because I've never run a photography business when I did it so I had a vague look around at what other people were doing and, and I know um, as part of the marketing plan, they recommend that you look at your competitors and see what they're doing and look at their pricing and things like that. Well, I didn't have any direct competitors. So that that was good because I thought, well, I'm, do, you know, I'm making stuff as I go along. So actually, it's down to me. I do remember having a look around at what other people were charging, 
but I didn't really pay much attention to it because I think with something like photography, you can, it depends on your brand. You can charge as little or as much as you want and depending on how strong a brand you've created. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really do me much good looking at my competitors because depending on whether they had a good brand or a poor brand that you know their prices would change quite dramatically so I was like okay I don't really need to worry about prices I'm the only one doing it but I need well I do need to worry about it because I need to get it right but what I did want to do I didn't want to be like really super exclusive Mm -hmm. I remember that which I could have done quite easily but I was really passionate about um, helping people find love because I'd found love online yeah. and I found this was quite an exciting opportunity for me. I'd worked in the charity sector so I wanted to keep doing something that was giving back to other people and I felt like giving people the opportunity to find love was like a really like amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to just make that an exclusive thing that only people with lots and lots of money could afford. I kind of wanted to make it as inclusive as possible, I, you know, um, so I, I so I offered three packages um, with a kind of a, 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 a low level and then a medium and then a big level. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one thing I learned about marketing was that the, the package that you want people to buy, you need to make the middle one. And you should, yeah. you should always keep the packages simple. So, you know, offering four packages is really confusing. People people like don't know which one to choose if you. If, if you offer three, that's so much easier. And most people go for the middle one just because that's that's how the brain works. Yeah. So reading things like that was really helpful. And it's so true. And I've seen other photographers offer four packages or five. And you look at it and it's just too much to take on board. And you're like, well, which yeah. one would I actually choose? So when you're kind of setting up and pricing and things like that, you have to really put yourself in a person's shoes and go, imagine you're looking at your packages that you're offering yeah. and uh, how are you making it easy for them to choose or are you making it really complicated and that will put people off. The other thing is I found a lot of photographers didn't put pricing on their website. They would say, email me for details of pricing. I found that really off-putting. Yeah. I thought to myself, well, I, you know, I could email them and then they could come up with a price that's so ridiculous I can't afford it and then I'd be embarrassed going oh well thanks thanks for that um yeah I'll think about it or something I just thought I don't want to be like that I want to be really transparent and say well I'm I've made the decision to price these up at this price yeah and this is what it is I'm not you know so that you know before you approach me what how much it is and yeah, that saves bar- so much time it's an added barrier to then have to email them beforehand exactly. before you find out anything yeah. And then the time you spend on it, so you could answer all these questions for a client and then tell them the price and then they're like, oh, I can't afford that. So you've wasted your time and theirs. Whereas if by the time clients emailed me, I found that once clients contacted me, I'd given them so much information, they were ready to book. Especially in the first three years, whenever a client contacted me, they usually went on to book and that's a really high um, turnaround rate. Like most people you know, you'll have a percentage drop off, they'll contact you and then they disappear. But my rate was so high and it's because I was so clear on the website of what the package was, how much it was and what you got for that. And yeah. people knew and I and it had very comprehensive FAQs and I explained how uh, the how the shoot worked and also the images it told people everything they needed to know to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So I, I always think in business, if, like if you can make people 
kind of know enough so that by the time they contact you they're ready to book that's perfect otherwise you're wasting everyone's time going backwards and forwards oh yeah i'm not sure about the pricing and how does this work yeah so my clients have always been pretty much ready to book which has been great but yeah with the pricing i guess uh, just going on to um yeah sorry going on to hey tuesday how did you then like decide to kind of branch out into a different area so what I was finding was that I was getting lots of Hey Saturday clients going, oh, Saskia, you know, like I need photos for my LinkedIn profile or I'm a coach and I want to have some for my website. And I've looked at all the other photographers who do business headshots and they're pretty bland and they all look the same and they're white background or grey background, very corporate. And I want to inject more personality, you know, just like your shoots. So, um they would either come back and book a shoot with Hey Saturday or people would ask before they booked Hey Saturday and say, can I grab one for my LinkedIn profile as well? Um, so we do do that if they book um, the middle package upwards. You know, they can do a, a LinkedIn shot as well, but it's not ideal. And, and you know, because it, it takes away from the dating, you have to put a different head on, you know, it's like, oh, I'm in dating mindset. Now I'm in business mindset. But um, it did make me realise that the that um, people are crying out for more interesting kind of headshots with personality in it. And like nowadays, personal brands, I mean, you're a millennial, so you probably were born knowing about personal brands, to be honest. (laughs) But, you know, people of my generation, I'm kind of late 40s, you... um, you know we this concept of personal brand is is kind of relatively new uh but it's actually really exciting and I think when I was when I used to work in business back in the day you didn't you couldn't take your personality to work really you adopted a work personality yeah but now businesses especially startups and you know startups you know you look at you you can look at um the guys at facebook and stuff you bring your personality can come into work with you if you're working in that kind of place you don't have to leave it behind you can be you at work and so that's really exciting and obviously there are lots of people starting up their own businesses now and their coaches and um experts and things like that and all setting up small businesses and they want to showcase their personal brand it's a big part of their business so um it's yeah it was just as a reaction to the kind of corporate headshots um that people needed but that they were just finding all the other photographers corporate headshot photographers all did the same thing and they were all very very kind of dull really yeah well not dull but corporate sorry I shouldn't say dull (laughs) but not Uh, giving personality into the photo yeah just very corporate grey backgrounds people in a suit standing in one position um so I decided I'd set up Hey Tuesday because I was getting so many people asking about it um and I ideally wanted Hey Monday but that's the name of the band so it didn't work (laughs) but Hey Tuesday seems to you know do the job um and uh yeah it's um it's kind of really taken off as well. I get so many people coming through going, God, I can't believe I just found your site. And that's exactly what I was looking for. I just wanted some more headshots with, um, I just wanted headshots where I can be me and it might be me. You know, some of them are doing, wanted PR shots. So then kind of with a laptop or whatever, or, uh, just some nice colorful backgrounds or wearing bright outfits. And, um, yeah, it really works for them. Um, so, yeah and we also get um small kind of small companies come to us now as well and actually they're kind of I always thought it'd be like maybe charities and startups but we're getting more kind of corporate companies as well we've had quite a few this year uh with say six or seven staff members um they kind of love our our vibe and our approach they 
they're totally embracing it. So I think it's going to become more and more popular as small small companies, like asset management companies and stuff. I was really surprised that, yeah, yeah, I hadn't imagined those sorts of companies would be up for it as well. But I think that's the way the world's going now. People are moving away from, you know, even the corporates are moving away from the kind of personality-less. Yeah, yeah it's looking a bit old-fashioned now. Yeah, They're embracing Racing the crazy. <laughs> Which is good. And I think it's yeah, very no, positive it's to allow people to bring their personalities to work. I think that's the that's the way to get the best out of a, of people in the workplace in, in itself if you feel like you can be one hundred percent yourself there. Absolutely. And also it's kind of you go into work, but people have other skills as well. Yeah. Like they may not just be able able to do the thing you brought them in to do they might be a great photographer as well or they might be good at graphic design or they might you know and getting them to use other skills with things they might be passionate about or they might speak another language or you know it makes them feel good and they're they're being able to use their other passions and they just have to fulfill their kind of job description as it was when they joined the company but they can branch out and do other things that they're really passionate about so yeah I think it's really important that companies sit up and you know, we are human, we're multifaceted, we can do lots of things. And that, I think, is what millennials are learning. They're, they're kind of, they don't have to necessarily choose and do one thing, they can do lots of different things. I think that's so exciting. Yeah. And if you can take that into work with you, it's like one of my photographers uh, does my marketing with me, you know, another one's helping out with coding and stuff on the back end of the site. So, do so you, they're not just photographers, when they, you were looking they can at- do other stuff. Um, people to join the team were you looking at people that had these other skills or did it just did you discover this afterwards so yeah at at the beginning it was it's very much like focused on I I need photographers Um, so that's how I chose them Uh, and then one of my photographers put her back out so she couldn't work for a little while Um, but she, she used to do marketing for a charity um and so she offered she she did say oh do you need any help with marketing I was like oh hell yes (laughs) yes please and uh she's been blogging ever since and getting involved she's helping me with a rebrand um and she's brilliant um and uh but and she's now back doing photos as well and then yeah I just found out by chance we went out for Christmas drinks and um oh birthday drinks earlier and one of them's turned out to be good at coding and that's her day job and you know so she's helping. So yeah, it's a case of I I kind of hadn't thought of that at the beginning, but now that I am, I'm like, well, yeah, I'd much rather work with them. I know them, trust them, like them, got a relationship with them. I'd much rather get them involved and go out and have to search and do, you know, spend money on recruiting someone else who I don't really know and need to explain the business and the brand. So it's totally win-win for all of us. Very good. Um, how would you how would you comment on your average week and if you have any self care tips help things that help you manage what I'm sure you have is a very busy week. Yeah, um, I would say probably the most important self care. Well, I start my day sleeping through the what used to be my commute time, which is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, so so I've I've always been a night owl. So I've and my you know in corporate jobs and you know working for others I always had to get up really early and it wasn't who I am and it was always a struggle and now I can just work to suit my my natural kind of 
personality and way of doing things. So I usually sleep in during the rush hour, which I love. And I miss that because I work from home anyway, so I don't have to do the rush hour and stuff, which used to be really stressful. Extremely um, jealous. <laughs> yeah, so that helps. That Yeah, that really helps me set, set myself up for the day in a good way because that used to be, yeah, the stress of arriving to work, having done a rush hour, is just horrendous. So I'm all chilled when I get up and have breakfast. Uh, but I do try uh, go to the gym um, a lot because that really helps manage stress and um, and the beauty of working from home means I can go at times when other people aren't there which I really like and just go to suit suit myself yeah um, and then and do you do you sort of work on your business more towards the evening because you said you're quite a night owl yeah I tend to my most productive time is probably between f- five and seven and then again between 11 and 1 <laughs> oh, quite late. so but I'm getting older now I'm finding it harder to do the later bit but um but the afternoon's good as well I get lost yeah so I probably yeah I don't do too much in the morning usually answering emails and things like that mm-hmm. um but get down to it pr- probably after lunch and then do the really kind of creative stuff I suppose or hard stuff in the evening mm-hmm. um but I have a few hours off when my boyfriend comes home and, you know, we cook and eat and chat and stuff like that. So, yeah, it works out really well. That's good. And it's good that you have that downtime as well. So you can kind of get the best of your working hours, but also you don't want to go, go crazy by just working 24-7. Yeah, although the first three years I worked 24-7. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And I don't think I had a day off at all. In fact, yeah, the nature of the business has meant it's been very hard to have days off because... Um, clients book um shoots at any time of the day or night and usually probably I say in the evening or weekends because that's when they've got the time to think about dating so when uh, when everyone else is having downtime I'm I've been quite active but that's why having an online booking system now is going to help with that a lot um and then but yeah so I did I have worked very hard for probably about three years and then I started taking it a bit easier otherwise you wear yourself into the ground and hit burnout so yeah not sustainable um, yeah. what, what would you say the major challenges um, you faced in starting your own businesses? Um, I would say the main challenge is probably fear. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you know, there's a fear of messing up, a fear of failing. There's a fear, yeah, a fear of uh, going under, getting into money troubles. So there's fear is, a, you know, a big challenge to get over. And how but, have you learned um, to manage that? Well, what I realise is that you never actually get over fear. You just plough through it, basically. You work with it. You know, you don't get to a place where you're not afraid or you're not, you know, and I, I don't think that would necessarily be a good way forward anyway. But um, so there's always an element of fear whenever I do something new or tackle a new challenge. I'm like, oh, it's going to work. But that keeps me... Um, that means that fear is good. It keeps me on, or, you know, making sure I'm doing everything that I can to, to make things work well. Yeah. Kind of keeps me on my feet, keeps me on my toes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when I launched the online website last week, you know, I've been terrified of launching. I'm like, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, are, are the emails going to go to the clients? They're going to know what's what, are, you know, are the photographers going to get the right detail? You know, uh, so there's been a, yeah, there's a massive element of fear when I do new things. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, you just work with it. You use that fear to propel yourself forward. Uh, so that's that's definitely been a challenge. I would say a more really uh, a more sub- 
uh, tangible challenge would be, let me think, um, um, well, kind of expanding as well, like figuring out how to expand uh, has definitely been a challenge. Um, and because I'm making things up as I go along, well, I like that. So that's fine. But yeah, you, I'm kind of expanding and trying to figure things out as I go. But there's no rules because I'm doing something new. So that's great. And even if there were rules, I'd break them, I think, because I see myself <laughs> as a bit of a rule breaker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think I would say that being um, a mixed race and um, I'm in my late 40s, so I'm not a mixed race millennial, which I think is quite a fairly different experience, I imagine. If, um, but I lived out in the countryside in the 70s mm. and being mixed race, I always stood out from the crowd. I was everyone always noticed me. Plus, I'm almost six foot. So oh, I was always, very tall. <laughs> yeah. So I always stood out from the crowd and couldn't hide. And people always had an opinion on me, you know. And and at the beginning, I obviously hated that. Um, and then I kind of grew into it and went, yeah, I'm different. That's OK. I can go with that. And my mum was always like, you're unique. You're special. You know. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I but I think that standing out and being having to get used to people staring at me and, you know, being different has really helped me in business because I then went on to actually want to do something where I stood out in business where I was special and unique and no one had done it before that kind of really propelled me forward um and I kind of embraced the challenge of being different and made it my own I suppose so uh yeah um and what's been the best part of the journey so far oh there's lots of good parts yeah um happy clients I love getting like stories back saying like one of them had her first baby in July and she's from Chicago actually she came over to visit her sister and booked a shoot a few years ago <laughs> efficient trip <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she booked a shoot and it was great fun saw her sister went back met a guy within months uh he still got my photo on his phone of her then they got married and then they just had a baby and I you know stories like that uh a very good you know like real high points for me um other things I love getting awards yeah <laughs> that was good um oh when I launched in New York that was a real high that was in April this year April May um that was something I was making up as I went along I was like oh because I um the dating industry is kind of quite small and uh, people get to know each other. So I started to get to know all the dating experts in New York. And last year I sat on the judging panel for the the dating awards, the US dating awards. So um, I got to meet lots of the dating experts and things. And they kept saying, oh, my goodness, Saskia, we so need your services in New York. Like, no, none of the photographers here understand what we need. So that, like, well, I okay. started thinking, <laughs> yeah. I could, maybe I could do that. So, yeah. um so I, um, my boyfriend helped with that. He got, he, um, we chatted to some people over there about kind of the legalities of it and things like that. And uh, yeah, it was like it was a goer basically. Um, I did have to invest some money in legal and accountancy type fees and things, but um, it's been pretty um, smooth sailing. Got a fantastic photographer over there now, and just the, just um, going through the process of taking another one on. Um, I found someone, and she's doing a test shoot for me on Saturday actually. Uh, if the if the weather plays ball um and uh, that's been really good and my decision making behind that was um because there's there was plenty of other cities I still needed to do in England probably um at the time but I thought 
New York's so like such an interesting dating what scene. There's lots of dating experts there who I know already. Compared to say somewhere like Leeds, you know the dating scene is not as nearly as big obviously and uh, there aren't that many dating experts there and things like that so I thought you know it'd be good and I also thought from a PR perspective like newspapers and magazines will love that fact that I'm that this business runs in New York and also clients as well it suddenly makes you so it was a gamble but I thought from a PR perspective if you run a business that's London New York people suddenly take it a lot more seriously Mm. and that's absolutely what I found it's you know and it was relatively easy to do. So um, so I'm planning to expand to Austin and L.A. next year as well um, to give the kind of view because I've invested in the New York, uh, the kind of the U.S. angle for, in terms of legal fees and things like that. It makes sense to continue expanding over there. Mm. But I'm, I've also expanded here as well. So Birmingham went live and then Manchester's coming online in January and things like that. And then Bristol and Leeds will come online next year as well. So, yeah, it's kind of been good fun and I guess the you... challenge another challenge would be like finding photographers as well that suit the brand because um they need to take great photos but the main thing is they make our clients feel like they're having this like really fun adventure yeah. which is you know quite a tough call when clients are doing things that take them right out of their comfort zone so yeah so it's all about creating an experience in itself but yeah yeah it's exciting to see that we're going to see you all up and down the UK and now in the US as well you're expanding everywhere yeah, yeah it's really good fun yeah, yeah. and we, I guess an important thing is like for me has been like doing what I what I enjoy doing choosing to do some stuff that makes it fun so working in New York I you know I loved it it's fun so it made sense for me to expand the business there I've got contacts there and I love going there and so yeah it's kind of following my my strategy my plan is based on well what gives me the most fun yeah <laughs> Which I, you know you wouldn't really get that in the corporate world I suppose well, that's a good strategy though <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. um what would you s- exactly what would you say is a um a good resource or um which could be a book or a podcast that you've listened to that's helped you in your journey that other people might might find interesting as well oh that's a good question um probably a few things uh in terms of podcasts uh, I really like Nick Onken hmm. and he's uh, because I'm a creative he and he's a photographer actually uh, but he's got this fantastic podcast um, if yeah if you google Nick Onken O-N-K-E-N um, and uh, he interviews I don't know have you heard of him I haven't heard of him no but it's, no, he's, no, he's, probably, he's probably well known amongst photographers but he actually interviews lots of creatives like writers and artists and and he's just got such a great approach to life. And he's trying to support other creatives who are uh, working for themselves. So, um, and his his podcast is really good fun and full of great stuff. Um, I also quite like Lewis Howes. I think that's how you say it. He's good fun. I like, quite like his podcast. Um, and what's it, what's it about? Uh, so Lewis Howes was, um, he was a... I think he's like a quarterback. He's like an American footballer, I'm guessing, quarterback or something, like one of the big American stars. But then he hurt himself and basically ended up on his sister's living room, you know, sofa, feeling very down because his career was over and he didn't have, you know, much money and da-da-da. Anyway, he he read a book. I think it was James Altucher's book and picked himself up and has just totally transformed his life and... His, it's his it's kind of a story of his journey and he interviews lots of amazing people now he's huge you should definitely check him out yeah. and he's got he's got um 
School of Greatness is his book. And actually, I think the podcast is called The School of Greatness as well. Nice. Um, so he's 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 pretty cool. Um, and then I'm, me- I'm reading at the moment uh, James Altucher's book, Reinvent Yourself, which I'm really loving as well. I'm finding very inspiring. So, yeah, it's, I always find that if I struggle in business, um, yeah, turning to I, I look for inspiration, basically, to lift me up again, because mm-hmm. working on your own can get. Um, you go through periods where you're just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Should I, you know, I sit in my living room going, oh, should I launch in New York or Leeds? I don't know. So <laughs> sometimes, you know, you need a, a lift. And uh, I reach out for things that inspire me online and looking at blogs and or listening to podcasts. And yeah. that really, really helps kind of lift your spirits. Yeah. Well, thank you for those resources. I'm definitely going to check them out. Um, what's the best way to get in contact with you or for other people to keep following the journey of both Hey Saturday and Hey Tuesday? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter at um, at Saskia underscore Nelson, um, and the website suggests um, www.heysaturday.co or heytuesday.co. So that's quite simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, or I'm on Instagram at uh, heysaturday.co on Instagram as well. Okay. So um, yeah, you can check out our photos and happy stories and things like that. Great. Thank you again for agreeing to take part. That's been really useful. Wow, thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening. And I'll catch you next time on She Did It Anyway.